Grow Great is a city government leadership podcast with Lisa Norris and me, Randy Cantrell. Each week we share insights, experiences, and wisdom to help you and your leadership grow great. Our website is growgreat.com. Anybody ever uh, told you that they would do something and then they didn't follow through? They didn't do it? I have never had that experience. <laughs> no, no, no. Build, building a oh house, building a house and yeah. And all the stuff that we've had going on and yeah, telling me I can get water and it's not there, yeah. you know, yeah. little things. <laughs> yeah. Can you imagine a world? It's a John Lennon deal. You know, imagine, imagine a world where everybody does what they say they'll do. <laughs> not, not where we coerce people to say they'll, but they, they tell us this is what I'll do, but they just don't do it. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it's more of the, you know what, for me, it's more of the pattern versus the one-offs. If there's a pattern, cause I was, before we jumped on and started recording, I told Randy, I said, man, I irritate myself with this one. <laughs> Sometimes you intend to get to something and you don't, but it's for, it's not for lack or consistency that I act that way. There are moments that I just simply can't get it done at the timeliness I would want to do, but it's the, continual lack of follow through. Well, what are you doing, doing those, what you're going to say? What are you doing in those situations for myself? Yeah. So, so you've told somebody that you're going to do something and you're not going to, it's not going to happen for whatever reason, you're not going to make it. What do you do? Normally I would, I would uh, tell them either by mail say, I'm, Hey, I'm working on this. I didn't get to get to it as soon as I'd hoped, but it's on my list and I should have it done by X next Friday. Do you need it sooner than that? Because if they need it sooner, then I can juggle and shift and I need to reprioritize the, the to-dos. But at least there's still a commitment of follow-through. It's but not I don't, just not doing something ever. Yeah, but I don't, I don't, I, I'm going to assume that all of us, universally all of us, we can, we can deal with that. Yeah. I mean, th there's at least a degree of professionalism and courtesy and, and just you know, being, being nice to being kind to handle it that way. Mm -hmm. But yeah, that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about the, and you, and you're probably right. The, the systemic behavior of just don't do what you say you'll do. Right. And it puzzles me. It puzzles me why people go ahead and so true story. I'm, going from puzzle to yeah, true story. <laughs> true story. True I love Randy's stories. I'll change. I'll change. Uh, I won't divulge details to protect the guilty. <laughs> so I needed some work done, right? I need some work done at the new house. And so we're walking. I'm telling this person, this is what I want. And I'm being very precise. I mean, very precise. And he is nodding his head. He's making mental notes. He's not writing anything down. And we do this over the course of about 15 minutes, three times. I show him three times. This is what I want. Here's what I want done here. Here's what I want done there. And I mean, I'm again, I'm very specific. I'm very precise and he needs to do some measurements. He doesn't get a tape measure out. He does this. He holds his hand out. I'm holding my hand out in front of me and he's, he's like 
he's like cutting, like cutting something. Like marking, marking mentally with his Correct. hand. On Correct. A, Correct. He he's marking in the air. Now he's done this. From what I'm told, he's done this work for a long, long time. So I'm okay. That's fine. I'm not going to nitpick somebody that doesn't get a tape measure out because there's going to be some material that's going to have to be ordered. I've got to order that material and I've got to pay for that material and have that material delivered. So I need to know how much to get. So he's doing this hand motion and he's figuring out how many yards, this is going to be yards of product, uh, which is a cubic yard for folks that don't know. So it's landscaping. I'm going to have to have some rock delivered. Okay. So I go over it these three times and he tells me, and I say, okay, where do you want that delivered? Cause they'll deliver it for free. They'll, they'll drop it off. Where do you want it? And he tells me, I said, do you want it all at one time? No, just get this much delivered the first time. And then I'll tell you when to have them deliver the second time. Okay. Uh, how long are we talking about two half days? Now this conversation happens three times in the span of 15, 20 minutes. Okay. And he throws me a, a number out. I think the number is a little high, but he came recommended by a friend and not wanting to muddy all that. The friendship's worth more. The relate it, it wasn't it's fine. It's fine. Correct. Exactly. <laughs> so I just agreed. And I said, I'll pay you, I'll pay you half now and I'll pay you the other half when you're finished. Fine. So I get, I do what I'm told to do. I order it. I get the first half delivered. They put it where he, he wants it. Now, fast forward about two weeks and he hits me with a price that is almost double what we agreed to. Okay. Is the work done at this point? The work is done at this point. Okay. So he's done the work and he's coming back for money. The, the work, says, the work is done. And I've got the other, the other half is, is now with somebody where he can go pick that up. But now for the first time, he hits me with a price that is double the price that he quoted me. And I said, no, no. And he's like, you know, dumb dumbfounded. And I'm like, no, that's not what we agreed to. I'm not paying that. I'm going to pay you what we agreed, what we agreed to. <laughs> he starts going on about, you know, well, it was hard and it was a lot, you know, it's not my problem. Yeah. Not my problem. I'm not the one that quoted it. I'm not the one, you know, and so that's what prompted Lisa and I having this conversation. So she's building a house and listen, not to disparage anybody including this person. I did tell my buddy who recommended this person, I'm not going to badmouth this person. I'm not going to tell the community about him, but if friend, if people around ask neighbors and they will, man, who, who did your yard? I'll tell them and I'll tell them, and you should not use him. Mm -hmm. He can't be trusted. He will not do what he says he will do. Mm -hmm. Um, but I'm not going to go on social media and burn somebody to the ground or anything like that. Things happen. I was watching, there's a YouTube channel. Don't ask me why I watch some of the stuff that I watch. Cause I'm an insomniac. <laughs> so 
there there's a, a guy who does <laughs> lawns and he's notorious for going up to a house that the yard is just ridiculously out. Oh, of I've seen this. And he volunteers. I'll I'll do I'll let me do this for you. For yeah, let me clean up. And his company, they went out and they did they they started doing a yard and they got about halfway done only to realize we're at the wrong house. And so they stopped. And the homeowner called, they recorded the call and they put that on YouTube. The homeowner a homeowner called and said you know, your, your guys showed up, kind of made a mess of my, of my yard and then just left. I mean, I didn't hire you. Um, he dispatched the crew. They go back out. They finish the guy. They don't charge the guy. They just do the job because they, they did half of it already. Yeah. And so instead of leaving it in that shape, they went ahead and did it. And the guy called back and was just absolutely bragging to high heaven about them and said, mm -hmm. you know, I'm. I'm interested in hiring you, you know, please, please call me. This was a voicemail message mm -hmm. and that's how you recover. Just like you do. Yeah. You know, if, if I say I'll do it, but something's happened and things can happen, I get it. But like my situation person could have said, listen, I, I, I threw a number at you and here's what I thought it was going to be, but it has turned into something way different than that, which by the way, that's not true. But that could have been the case. That's right. And he could have had a conversation, but no, you, you wait until you're done and now you're trying to collect the balance and now you, you, you change you it up. Yeah. You double the, you double the yeah. price. Yeah. It's, it's so irrit it's so irritated me and I don't understand. I really, as leaders, I don't understand. I just don't understand. I don't understand the reluctance of somebody to go ahead and admit Listen, I know I told you I would have that for you by Friday, but I had some other stuff come up and it's not, this isn't about making excuses and this isn't about finding reasons why we can't follow through and do what we say we'll do, but can we manage our reputation, which I think is usually important for us as leaders. Do you want to be known as that person? No, I, I don't know any effective leader that wants to be known as the person don't give it to me because you can't count on it getting done or you can't count on me doing what I say I'll do. I, there is no effective leader on the planet that wants that on the flip side. So, um, similar, you know, we had a bunch of house report repairs, um, and, uh, renovations kind of in our old house before we sold it. <clears throat> and the opposite story you know, is that we had a, we had to hire our doors all were catching at the top corner. You know, when you open, you know how they stick, call it sticking, yep. Yep. the doors were sticking that we didn't have a major foundation issue, but the house was a two story it ebbed and flowed with the, as we water the yard or when so, the drought, yeah, it settled and it would shift a little bit. So the doors were catching specifically the front door entry and the the door from the kitchen to the garage, which is all kind of in the same area of the house, the front end of the house. And so Don just, we always got people on Facebook that we'd, you know, who, you know, you go on your Carrollton right. chatter and who, who's right. uh, recommended or work with somebody. And this guy came up for the doors and he had said, uh, you know, he would do the, he would do the work. And so we, I, I can't remember if we put it, had put new doors in or whatever, but he comes, he's thinking he quoted us a pretty low rate. Cause he's like, I'll just have to shift the doors a little bit. 
I think he worked on those doors for five or six hours because there was all, he found that there wasn't uh footing, you know, the concrete under the footing wasn't put in. It was just hollow. There was, I mean, he, I wasn't there. Don's telling me this whole story. He works all day on these doors to get them corrected. And then, then he goes, Don's like, you know why you're here? The closet, the <laughs> pantry door is also, the hinges are off. Yeah. If we get the hinges, get, you know, he gladly starts working on that. And he's just chatting with Don the whole time. And when he's done, he doesn't say anything about it any more of a rate. I mean, this was supposed to be an hour job and he's there like, I don't know, five or six hours. I'm probably not remembering it correctly, but he was there a long time. A lot longer. A lot longer yeah, than he planned. A lot, lot, lot longer than he had planned. Does He says nothing. Don pays him. And he's like, thank you so much. And Don's like, man, you did an amazing job. And of course, Don always takes care of people. If they take care of us, yep. he he takes care. And I think he he called me and said he gave the guy an extra 100 or 150 or something because of his not only time, but he said, you know, you missed you miss lunch, go have dinner with your family or take your wife out. Or, you know, Don's always really thoughtful that way. And so that's the flip side is then Don recommended this guy all over Facebook. He's like, man, if anybody needs doors, yeah. Don, this is your guy. Not only did he fix it, but he, he was like, man, you, you know, I need to put in I think Don said he, I don't remember. He poured footing. He got the, the thing way beyond. Yeah. He didn't have to do anything. Right. But it was just the matter of the guy took pride in his work. And not only did he do what he said he was going to do, he did more than he said he was going to do to get the job done right. And yeah. I think to me, that's what stands out in our business. And, you know, we have what we call raving fans service philosophy. And and it's a, there's a book by Ken Blanchard called Raving Fan Service. Um, but the whole premise of that is you, you, you go 110 percent you give the customer more than they expected not just exceed expectations you just give them more than they expected um and that testifies to that and why aren't we all like that why why do we choose differently and i don't know the answer to that but i don't i don't only want to do a good job i want you to leave better because of the interaction you know we've tried to solve something beyond just the what's in front of us but solving for something long-term, like how can we, how can we not just fill the position that you need? How do we solve for you constantly having turnover in the position? Do you know what I mean? It's just yeah. beyond, it's well, looking think, beyond the, the immediate problem. I think that phrase that you use that long, that long-term is part of it. I, I think there are too many people that are short-sighted. Those people that are effective leaders and the people that want to be more effective in their leadership aren't just thinking short-term. Like, like your guy versus my guy, your guy wasn't just thinking about these five hours, this job, how much can I maximize out of this particular transaction? I grew up running retail companies, largely luxury, what I call luxury retailing companies, high end catering to higher end customers and learned very, very early. It's just all about reputation. It's all about doing what you say. It's all about follow through. It's all about meeting and exceeding the expectation of these customers. It, it's the end all be all I've given credit to him because he deserves it. Jeffrey Gittimer, that's G I T O M E R. Jeffrey is a Philly guy that 
has been steeped in sales training for four decades, and I have followed him since the beginning. And he made a comment many, many, many years ago that has always stuck with me. People can say one of three things about you, something good, nothing, or something bad, and it's up to you. And that transcends sales. That transcends selling people stuff. That, that permeates our lives, our careers. People can say something good about us, something bad about us, or they can say nothing about us. That's right. And I agree with Jeffrey. We get to decide that. So your guy, he gets recommended. My guy is not going to be recommended at all. My guy's looking to maximize that transaction. He's looking to make the most money off of this one job that he did for me that by the way, wasn't, I had no part in except to explain to him in detail three times in one conversation. Oh, also followed up with multiple text messages, repeating the exact same specifics and phone conversations, the exact same specifics. And at no time said, you know, this, the scope of this thing is, is bigger than I thought that never happened. Just blindsides me with, I'm going to double the bill here and hope this guy pays it. And he happened to run into a guy like me that said, no, no, not gonna, <laughs> I'm not paying that, you know, I mean, now you're taking advantage of me. Right. So am I going to tell anybody? Well, I've told this story a couple of times. I've podcasted about it twice. Now I haven't used his name, mm-hmm. but if somebody in the neighborhood asked me, Hey, who, who did that for you? I'm going to tell them mm-hmm. I'm not putting it out there in the public, but I could just as easily have broadcast it on podcast and gotten this guy some business mm-hmm. and whether it's through next door or Facebook or however you guys do it, or whether it's just informally telling people, man, if you, I get asked all the time, my son has a home inspection business here in Dallas, Fort Worth. And so he knows a whole lot of folks in all kinds of trades that have to do with homes. And I get, maybe it's because of him and my connection to him as my son, people will ask, here we are in the throes of heat. I mean, it is hot here in Dallas, Fort Worth, Texas. And mm-hmm. so air conditioning people, everybody like, man, do you, I need a good air, you know, and a good air conditioning person. I've got one or two people that I recommend regularly mm-hmm. to people. My son built his business on it. We're going to build our reputations and we're going to build our careers that way because wherever we are in the food chain, even if we are aspiring or we are already at the top, meaning we're a city manager, councils and citizens, they want somebody who you, you do what you say you'll do. Mm-hmm. Now we could approach it a couple of different ways. Be careful what you commit to. And we should. We shouldn't set unreasonable expectations. We all know people who will be very quick to, to be yes. People mm-hmm. I worked with a city one time and they had a director who would frequently get FaceTime with a council and the city manager was constantly trying to battle this person who would tell council what he thought they wanted to hear and who would make these completely unreasonable timelines of, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We we can have that done by July, whatever. 
Meanwhile, the city manager is sitting there full well knowing that's nearly impossible. That That's not going to happen. And we're always going to be backtracking, always going to be backtracking. And that was the reputation then that this director had. So these are real-world problems that can happen at a director level and above, and they absolutely can happen below. I don't know. You know, somebody smarter than me is going to have to psychoanalyze as to why people do it. I think some people, in that case, I happen to know, just being put on the spot and instead of just saying, so if a councilman or a councilwoman says, well, so could we have that done by July 15th? And now immediately people can feel put on the spot and instead of buying time or retreating to get their stuff together and figure it out, just want to go ahead and, and say yes. And I've encountered that with salespeople all of my career. People that just in that moment, they just don't have the fortitude to say to this person what needs to be said. I, I could be wrong, but I have ascribed it to don't think about you, think about them. What's mm -hmm. best for them? It seems to always come back around to that. Our conversations, it's amazing how often they still come back around to great leadership is still a focus on others. And when other people try to put you on the spot to do something that you know may not be quite possible, might even be impossible, don't think about yourself, think about them. If my guy would have thought about me instead of himself, he would have, he would have at least had a conversation somewhere along the way and said, this thing's way more complicated than I thought. There's a lot more work involved, which wasn't the case, by the way, right. but it could have been your guy. It absolutely could have been. He could have unearthed something. Come on. We've taken our cars to mechanics before, and they've mm -hmm. said, yeah, you brought it in for this problem. I found this. Yeah, well, we you, thought it was a sensor, but it's your transmission as a whole. Yeah. So <laughs> you know? here's here's what you're looking at. What do you want me to do? That's he right. could have done that. Right. You could have done that. And we can all do some semblance of that in our own leadership too. And then we don't have, we don't have all the chaos. We have got enough chaos in our life. We don't need to be creating more by committing to something and then not doing it. And then all the ill will that comes out of that. Well, you know, even more so, um, when you're, when you're put on the spot, at least they're giving you an expectation. And I agree with you, you should be able to respond to that, respond to it appropriately as to, to serve them that that's, here's what I think I can do. Here's what I need to research. And we may not be able to accomplish that, but let me find out. I mean, to give them some baseline expectation, the bigger thing for me becomes the impact of those that don't do, that don't follow through, that you can't depend on that say one thing and then they never do it. And you know what I mean? The impact of that, especially in a leadership role, because you can have your uh, your employees, uh, your staff that are not following through and we can correct that behavior. But when a leader does that, I don't know what your experience, is, Randy, has been, but what is the team? Do you ever have a high-performing team with a low-performing leader? Never. Mm -mm. No, Never. So if you are in a leadership role and you are inactive and non-responsive or non, you don't follow through, trust me that the entire team will start mimicking that. And not only that, when you ask for something, 
they're going to assume you aren't going to remember you asked for it or you're not going to follow through about it. So why do I need to put that as a priority? I mean, I've, I've just seen this dissolution of, you know, practice and um, protocols and follow through. It, it, it follows the leader. If the leader's ineffective, the workers are going to be ineffective. Well, and how quickly do you learn that that's how somebody rolls? And then how quickly do you start retreating and pulling back and going, well, I'm not. Well, and there's no expectation hey, I'm not gonna set. Give, I'm not going to give them any. I'm not going to give them anything. I'm certainly not going to trust anything that they tell me. You know, and now you've got to start building in some margin, full well knowing they're not going to get this done. Well, not and the, the, the person are. trying to manage that leader, so the leader's leader, it's even worse because now you have you have imposed upon them the demand to follow up with you on everything. They know that I'm not going to get something done unless I follow up with them continually and ask where we're at on that. And I can tell you that the, the typical type that I've seen, again, I'm interested in what you've seen, is I call them the excuse makers. There is always a reason they can't do something, That's but they right. never produce anything either. <laughs> so you're like, right. they have excuses that they can't get it done. But then they're never producing anything, any other things to to imply that they truly are busy. It's just a constant. And and honestly, the one the the individuals I've dealt with that are like that, they always have excuses for everything. It's not just one thing. There's but isn't it amazing that the excuses tend to they the excuses only come when you confront them. The excuses don't come because they're proactive and they get, Hey, Lisa, I know I told you that I would do this, but let me tell you, and it's an excuse. That's not how it, in my experience, that's not, that's how, not it rolls. how it plays out because I've initiated a phone call or a conversation with them and said, Hey, where are we at with this? And now I get all the excuses. It's that's like, right. Well, you could at least be proactive and give your excuses <laughs> before I confront you. That, that would be a step in the right direction. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But the, the impact I think is is even far greater than the behavior, right? That that generated impact on the team. That's right. Yeah. The impact on the team, and and beyond that, you start those that are interacting with you or your group. They are doing what? Like you said, they've lost trust. They don't call you anymore. You're not the solution person. Why are they going to rely upon somebody that doesn't follow through on a request? So you have now now not only impacted you and your behavior that's impacted your staff, you've impacted all of those around you that are no longer relying upon you, which goes back to your very first point. It's all about reputation. Do you want to be the, the, they say something good, they say nothing, or they say something bad? What do you want said about you? And it's all a direct correlation to your behavior, your follow through, your reputation. Well, and it speaks to what we're going to talk about in our next episode, Lord willing, and that is just personal responsibility, taking responsibility for our lives, taking responsibility for our outcome, taking responsibility for what we commit to. I mean, come on, there's a whole lot of things in life that aren't etched in stone. And we're not talking about vows and promises. We're talking about people that make some kind of a commitment. In my case, and in your example, here's somebody that was hired to do some work. We, we have the scope of work or what we think is the scope of work. Mine was pretty spot on yours. Okay. There were some, there were some surprises along the way, but completely honest 
here's the work, here's what the work is going to take, and here's what the work is going to cost, and we move forward. And, okay, it doesn't happen. For whatever reason, it, it doesn't happen. But in so many cases with leaders, and as we're talking about leadership in city government, we've talked before, there's this just never-ending, fast-moving conveyor belt of work product that's got to get done and the other thing is we've really got to rely on each other. We've got to trust our teammates that they're going to hold their hold up their end of the bargain. And when we don't do that, to your point, the, the team is impacted. That is the team that the leader is leading or attempting to lead. And then there's all the peers. There's everybody else that's caught up in the wake of it because, okay, now you didn't do what you said, and now I'm stuck. Now my end of the boat starts sinking because your end of the boat is sinking. My experience is teams that have high-performing individuals, I have seen low-performing leaders who have high-performing individuals. They're not going to stay. But the people that are going to stay and the people that are going to thrive under that kind of leadership are the people that they embrace that same work habit. That's right. They and don't mind, they don't mind committing to something full well knowing that they're not going to get it done and they're going to have all kinds of excuses and they they get really good at the excuses and sometimes those excuses can seem legit but they're not yeah you know, they're and not. again it's the systemic you know I, I want to be clear for our audience we aren't talking about when you're busy and you've got three weeks of chaos and you didn't get to something. That's not what we're talking about here. Well, you've been, you've been embarked in action. Yeah. I know you well enough to know you have been embarked on some work and all of a sudden CMO has a project and that project's got urgent written all over it. And it's hey, it's drop everything. And this is what we have to do. That's not an excuse. That's a reason, (laughs) right? I mean, there's there's a big difference. There's a huge difference. And Lisa, and I I would suspect any HR director in any city has been blindsided to some degree with some project that CMO wants done and they, it's got a time element and it's urgent and you've got not even just HR. I I think that falls in engineering and the attorney's office, you know, it's everywhere and not probably not even city governments, but city government, we have so much to do that our lists are so long. Um, that it's just, I always tell my staff, it's just, it's time management. You will never get to everything that's on our list. You just won't, but you manage in the day and the needs and you just continue working through the list. Well, but you and I both know there's some things for all of us as leaders that are just kind of non-negotiables. That's right. As an HR director, payroll's a non-negotiable. It has to get done by the deadlines we should date. People got to get people got to get paid. They got to get paid on time and and all that. So right. we've all got things like that, and then we've got some other things that okay, they may not be like that. You know, somebody may ask us to do something, and they may want to impose on us a timeline. It's clearly up to us whether we we let them do that or not, which is kind of te- teeing up and teasing for what our our next episode will be about. You know. Be responsible, but I would say be responsible for yourself, but keep a focus on, on this person in front of you, this person on the other end of the email or the other end of the text. Don't let them set the expectation for something that you have to do. 
and then just start looking for a way out of it. Yeah, it's like the movie Failure to Launch. You remember, uh-huh. <laughs> you remember that movie yep. where there yep. was just couldn't make a commitment, didn't do what he said he was going to do, just inaction. Yep. You know, um, it's it's kind of like the failure to launch. You, you've got to, if you commit to do something, you need to do it. Now, the timing can vary. It, maybe you didn't get to it as quick as you want, but it's all, it really goes back to accountability. If you say you're going to do something, do it. If you can't do it, or if it changes, communicate. So I'm a leader right. who struggles with some of this, and your advice to me is what? I don't really like it. I, I hate myself for making these excuses. I catch myself doing it. I know I'm doing it. I don't admit that to anybody, but deep, deep, deep down, I, I want to I do something different because my personal conviction is these are, these are habits. These are things that we absolutely can control. We can do something about these, either on the front end or the back end or both. So what's your advice to me? Well, one, it's recognizing that you have a, a deficiency. You have to you have to acknowledge it first. And then you secondly have to do something about it. You have to act. Again, what what we're gonna be talking about next in our in our next podcast. But once you recognize that you you have you are not getting things done that you've committed to get done, or you're not responding when you committed to respond, you have to choose to acknowledge you have that de- deficiency, and then you have to act upon it to make changes. So you have to be accountable to put things in place and be- so that your behavior can change. It, and it's as, like you said, it, it's a habit. It's not something you can do for a couple of days and then fall off again. It's a personal commitment for change. And each of us has to do that by nature. I am, I'm uh, a planner and an organizer but I'm not organized by nature. My, I'm, I'm, I'm chaos management, right? I mean, that's how I function is in a, you can, I, I thrive in these environments where there's 90 million things to do and, sh- and, and managing the piles and getting them done. But it's, I'm like this all the time where I've seen people that have organized piles on their desk, like very in folders that are labeled. That is not me. But I have the commitment to follow through and I have to have a method to the madness to make sure I don't lapse on things that are critical uh, that my team needs. I have to prioritize. You have to make a commitment to change your behavior and find a way that works. Um, describe, describe that follow through in, in your schedule and how much of that is managed up front with, with the expectation. Whether somebody is coming to you and say, hey, Lisa, can you do this for me? And man, can you get it to me by this date? Whether it's something as, as clear cut as that, or if it's something even much, much more vague, how do you manage the expectation on the front end? Well, for, for me and my team, because I, I, I've uh, explained this to my team as well. The first thing we always do is when do you, I have to understand when you need this by. And then if they tell me, then I know I have to know what's on my plate to say, okay, like this commonly happens with Cheryl and Steve, which are in our city manager's office and our team. That's typically where I'm getting a lot of projects from or other peers, other directors. And they'll say, hey, can you research this for me? And I'm like, first question, when do you need this by? I have to understand that. And if they say, I really need it this afternoon, I'm like, can you can you help me understand why you need it this afternoon so I can determine if I need to shift? I never say I can't do it. I just seek understanding first. Why do you need it in that time frame? And then, um, and these are quick, these aren't 
hour long conversations. These are a minute, you know, they'll say, well, I've got to respond to Cheryl um, this afternoon because we're trying to hire this blah, 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 blah. And she needs an answer. I'm like, okay, let me shift. I will have that to you by four. Does that work? You know, because I need to understand. I also have commitments. If I have to be home, if I have to, if I have a council meeting, I've got to know my schedule and what I can successfully achieve. What often happens is they'll say it's urgent and I need it today. And I said, listen, I've got two projects for CMO that are also due today and they're critical. Do you think it takes precedence over that? And they'll often, what do you think they say? No. No. They're like, no, I don't need it that urgently, but could you get it to me by noon tomorrow? Because I've also got to follow up. I will let so-and-so know that you're not able to get it done today, but we'll have it for them tomorrow. So it's all about respecting why you need something and when you need it and explaining Because you don't want an excuse. You know, there's a big difference between saying, well, I really can't get it to you today. I've got more important things to do. I mean, that's a totally different message than saying, here's the commitments I've already made. Do you think it's going to, do you think it's going to trump those for your need so that I can understand their reasoning and thinking? And sometimes it does trump them. But often, and honestly, often in the city manager's office, Cheryl and Steve will say, do you think you can get that to me this week? And I'm like, you know, I can get it to you by Friday, but I'm working on these other things. Do you need it quicker than that? And they're like, no, no. In fact, if you've got those things, those are important. Why don't you just get it to me by sometime next week? I mean, they're very reasonable when they can be reasonable. And then if they're firm, they tell me we've got a really good, we've got a good group of directors and CMO staff that, that are starting to understand how busy we are as a team not for excuse making, but legitimate reasons that we're trying to balance the demands. And they're they're realizing now the load of staff. I mean, I can see a shift that's been happening in the last two months because everything used to be yesterday. And right. it's starting to it start I'm seeing the needle move that there's just so much pressure and demands. We just can't get to everything that everybody needs when we're trying to do the best we can as a leadership team. And so I'm starting to see the dialogue change. That's when can you get it to me? And does that work? And then they'll tell us, no, that's fine. You know, they're starting to but give us a little bit more leniency. You're not reluctant to ask the questions. And I think that's a big one. No, you have that's to ask a, the questions to seek understanding. One. Yeah. But I think for so many excuse makers, they don't, for whatever reason, they lack the bravery to go ahead and pipe up and say what you have just coached ask all these questions, these clarifying questions so that you can really understand the pressing need and whether or not you can fulfill that. And if you can, what are you going to have to do? What are you going to have to shift? What are you going to have to shove off to the side for a bit so that you can get that done? Well, remember, the number one issue, the number one issue people are probably having, you know, is the failure to communicate. (laughs) You know, it is all about It is all about the delivery of the message, not the message itself. So many people choose a very poor delivery. Uh, Like you call it, like you indicated, they, they make excuses. They um, put things off. They tell why they can't do something. And I always tell people, I don't know when I know why you can't do something. I want to know how you can get it done and by when. It's all a matter in the delivery of the message. And it's a skill. Communication is a skill and it has to be practiced. So 
as, as you dialogue to keep your commitments, going back to our original message, when you're trying to keep your commitments and do what you say you're going to do, you have to be able to communicate with that other individual, when do you need it by and why? And not, well, why do you need it by that time frame? Totally different message than, hey, what is your, what's the timeline that, that would help you with this? Okay, two different messages. It's all in the delivery and you have to practice it. It is a skill and it's a learned skill. Yeah, well, and I'm gonna be a broken record. It, you're, you're still focusing on the other person. So yeah, it's not whole, focusing whole, on self. Yeah, so the whole intent here is trying to serve this other person, trying to help this other person get them what they need in a way that's effective for them that may not be exactly what they asked for up front, but part of it is also a negotiation. You're negotiating because you need to negotiate so that you can serve them. And you can achieve it. Yeah, I mean, if you make false can, promises it, that you cannot meet, you're not serving anybody, no. including yourself or That's your right. team. You're you're damaging. You're damaging and creating more damage in the wake of what you've left behind by committing to something you cannot meet. Yep. And I'll also tease because we're going to end up doing an episode too on questions because I think so many people they we we get in these habits and we don't ask questions, we just provide answers or we just provide a response. Mm -hmm. And to your point, we don't ask clarifying questions. We don't get more information so that we can really fully understand. And so I'll go ahead and tease that we're going to do an episode like that. Okay. Before we say goodbye, uh, parting, any parting thoughts about, about all of this? Just as we've talked about, if you're going to make a commitment, follow through on it, be accountable for what you promised and deliver whatever that was. Um, well, Secondly, obviously, you need to know your audience. You need to understand them. This is all about knowing your people, um, working the personalities at play and understanding how to best serve them because everybody's different. And then finally, figuring out the why. What do you need and why and by when um, so that you can meet those needs and balance load. Um, beyond that, remember your people are watching. Uh, they are gonna mirror your behavior and so we talk about leadership as serving others, just your actions alone and how you serve others, they are watching and they will mimic that behavior and your team performance will go up because they see that not only you are being accountable to others, but you're being accountable to your team and, and getting their commitments um, as well. Thanks for watching and listening to Grow Great a city government leadership podcast. For Lisa Norris, I'm Randy Cantrell. Be well, do good, grow great. The website is growgreat.com.